0: TheUltimateCoachBook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B.
1: And welcome back. This is Philip Batu, and we're just delighted to be kicking off the season again in September. A couple of new updates I want to announce. Um, first of all, the podcast is going to be going every two weeks instead of every week. And we have a new host, and she is my guest today. Her name is Epek Williamson, and uh, she will be taking over the work of Cordelia, who's been such an amazing host and colleague on this show, and I want to thank her and her wonderful contribution and uh, welcome Epek, who will be our new host here on the Ultimate Coach podcast. Ipek, wonderful to have you here. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Philip. Um, I'm so happy to be here with you today. And also, um, it's a big honor for me to uh, take over from uh, Cordelia, big shoes to fill. (laughs) I will try my best and i really am looking forward to be working with you and meredith uh and uh, it's it's an honor thank you i love
1: that thank you and you know as you say big shoes to fill i feel flattered by that but at the same time i just want to say hey there are no shoes to fill just bring your shoes and dance with us
2: <laughs> yes i love that
1: thank <laughs> you <laughs> Oh, so, Ipek, I know that you have had some massive impact through reading the book, and you're going to share some of, some of those stories with us today. But before that, I just want to start by, um, for you to just introduce yourself into this, um, for the people that don't know you, I'd love to, for you to share a little bit about who you are, what you're up to, and um, how you connected with Steve.
2: So I was born in Turkey, Istanbul, then I moved to Canada. So I'm a Canadian and Turkish, uh, double citizenship. And uh, also I'm a chain champion, transformation coach, speaker, author, and meditation advocate and teacher. Um, so I'm a coach. I love to work with people and create uh, a sense of peace and flow in their lives. And how I uh, got to contact, connect with Steve Hardison and this whole uh, The Ultimate Coach community, beautiful community, uh, goes back to when uh, I was uh, taking my uh, coaching training. I trained with John Strasser, and he is a student of Steve Chandler's. Steve Chandler and Steve Hardison were Names that we uh, started to hear from the beginning. And uh, for example, the TBO, LIT, NFL video uh, was a part of our training. Uh, We watched that video. Uh, It was one of our homeworks. And also uh, during our training, there was a challenge. Uh, How many no's we can uh, get? The one who gets more no's for offering their coaching Uh, wins like a gift or something and I thought who should I uh, offer my coaching and get a no and I thought oh I'm gonna offer to Steve Chandler and Steve Hardison so I sent them through messenger both of them um, a message to like offer my coaching.
1: (laughs) Do you remember what you what you offer what was that message kind of how did you word that I'm really curious.
2: Well, what I said was, I'm sure this might come to you as a surprise, and maybe it's, uh, you might get offended, and I'm hope, I hope you don't. But, um, this is a part of my course, like training, and I would really love to offer uh, a session of coaching, my powerful coaching <laughs> to you. And, um, Steve Chandler said he would decline, uh, unfortunately, because he's working one of the best coaches in the world, who that would be Steve Hardison, obviously. And uh, Steve Hardison also, he said he will, he loves the idea, but he will have to decline. But then he sent me like a, a few documents, he sent me a book um Steve Chandler uh, later on actually uh, wrote a testimonial for my children's book uh, Little Fauna Is Loved Safe and Never Alone which sits proudly on the front cover of the book. So that was the, the starting on a of a connection with both of them. And then uh, when The Ultimate Coach book was about to be published uh, Steve Hardison um made a post about it and said, uh, do anybody want a uh, manuscript of the book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I said, yes, I would love to have that. So he sent that to me, and I joined the group right away as soon as it was um, uh, launched, and the rest is history.
1: <laughs> wow, so you got this manuscript. Yes. And what happened? You started reading it?
2: Of course, right away. Mm -hmm. And I read it. I think the manuscript didn't have the first two uh, pages, the front of the book that Steve wrote at the time. Also, the back of the book, all the who would I need to be um, statements, uh, they were not on the manuscript. But other than that, um, it was so beautiful. I and mm. and the first reading for me was mainly uh, to learn about him uh, like who he is how he does what he does the mir- miraculous coaching that he does it was to learn but then uh, when the book came out and i started to read and reread it many times um i and started to read it about me not about him, but myself. And then the real transformation uh, started to happen in my life.
1: I really love that you just bring that up again, because so many times, even going back to the book, I'm not reading it about me and the difference it makes. You read it for the first time, then you went back and you read it about you. What did you see in you?
2: First of all, I've seen so many similarities. I'm a human, and like everyone else, I experience lost, lots of self-doubt, uh, imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, fear of failure, especially at the beginning of my practice as a coach. But the Greater my self awareness became, the more self confident and articulate I started to feel about who I am, what I do, and how I can help others. And shedding all the question marks about yourself, knowing who you are and what you can do, how capable you are, is so liberating. And reading the book and uh, seeing all the stories that uh, Amy Hardison tells about Steve and how vulnerable those stories uh, get is so empowering. It for, was for me and I believe that it would be for anyone who reads it uh, because he's really amazing at what he does and still he's not a saint. He had his mm-hmm. uh, like um, ups and downs. He had his his failures and uh, mistakes, and because he's a human being too, so it was so uh, empowering for me to read and find out similarities and uh, watch the growth that mm-hmm. it brought to me.
1: Yeah, I'm really reminded by what you're saying to me. It's like, I remember there was a moment, exactly those words that you're saying, oh my God, this guy, he's just amazing. And that immediately became to, oh my God, I'm amazing. And it was like, whoa, like really, really, really seeing that what's possible for me and for any human being Is what's available in this book. And that really did something for me. And I know that did something for you too. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to unpack a bit more of that and the sort of some like something really woke up in you. I know that.
2: Yes. And I know
1: there are a few, there are a few chapters in particular where you really felt like a real shift in what's possible and in your being and who you are. I'd love to hear about that.
2: Yeah, thank you, Philip. The chapters that had the most profound impact on me, which is interesting, every time I read the book, different chapters uh, get my attention. And even though I have been reading it time and time and time again, I come up with parts that... It feels as if I'm reading it for the first time because I didn't notice it. Mm. So, And what I believe is every time we start to read a book, we are a different person, and when we complete it, we are another one. And then when we restart reading, uh, we are starting from that level of consciousness, and go forward. So mm-hmm. that's why every time we read, uh, we see new things, different things, and we recognize things that we didn't notice before. And the last time around, I read the book, the three chapters that uh, had the most impact on me were listening, creation, and a document. So they are Three chapters, one Mm -hmm. after the other. And so because I know that through our listening, we can see the thought pattern of the person in front of us and then focus on each thought, dissect them, explore them, and see the real picture that lies underneath the words, communication is much more than just words. So in the past, uh, I was a mother and a wife who wanted to control everything. I have have so many controller tendencies that I'm trying to control (laughs) and I'm working on. But in the past, I was even worse and I was a real helicopter mom. And I wanted to have everything the way I like, the way that is... Up to my standards. And while trying to do that, I was not listening at all, but telling my son, my stepsons, what, how, when. So I remember my son Ali saying to me one day, not one day, multiple times, he would say, Mom, you never listen. You just try to share your opinion, tell me what to do. You don't let me speak. You don't let me express myself. And I remember him saying this many times, Mm -hmm. many times.
1: How old is your son?
2: My son is now 27.
1: Oh, wow. And when was this happening at the time where you were reading about listening?
2: This was happening year after year after year. And I was like, I was not listening to him. And yeah. I like when you hear something like this and you see it as whining and dismiss it. But while reading the book, it dawned on me what I have been doing, how dismissive and absent I was being with my son, with my husband. And I'm a coach. I listen to my clients with all my being and I'm, I'm not giving the same to my most loved ones. Yeah. I was yeah. so ashamed of myself. I felt like an awful mom, awful wife. And I realized that I need to act on this. I need to fix this. So, I had a heart to heart conversations and apologized for not being present with them. Yeah. And committed to shifting things. And not sure at the time if they believed me or not, but I committed to being my word and kept my promise. Again, something that I came across so much in the book being your word and your commitment especially for the things you promised to yourself. So when I started to be completely present with them, whenever they speak to me, how I watch their body language, their mimics, the pauses they take in between sentences, the conversations, and accordingly our relationships started to change, bloom into much more vulnerable and deeper connections. I could start being more authentic with them and they started to be the same. And that, Philip, not only impacted positively my relationship with each one of our children and my husband, but also Mm -hmm. the relationship they have with each other. Like our family ties got stronger as a whole. In that process, Also, I learned a lot about myself, my listening changed so much that sometimes I feel the person who's sitting across from me, even if it's through the screen, through the Zoom or whatever, so intensely that I don't need them to speak for me to know what they are feeling or thinking. So words become just the confirmations of the communication that I receive non-verbally. It's so amazing.
1: That's so beautiful. I'm so happy for you and what's possible in your family. And it reminds me of a, a quote. I also remember Steve saying, I may butcher it, but it's something like no success in the outer world can compensate for failure within the four walls of your home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And to me, the success within the four walls of your home is like foundational, right? So what you're building on and the you know for your family is completely new way of being with each other and you know and the word that's coming for me and something that i really um really crave for, and one of the reasons I love having these conversations is emotional intimacy and
2: Absolutely.
1: it's um how can I say this? I grew up in a family where emotional intimacy wasn't something that was uh, present and being able to create that at such a, even if it's a much later stage in in your life is um, it's such a gift because ultimately it's an authentic way of relating with one another. I really want to acknowledge you for your willingness to kind of put aside your old ways of listening and your automatic ways of listening and to, yeah, apologize and try on something new and, you know, the whole time you were saying that, I, I was just curious like, what is it in the chapter listening? Something, something, you read something that shifted something for you. Do you remember what that was?
2: Hmm. I would, I would have to go back to the book and take a look. But, um, but while doing that, I want to say something to you Philip uh so I'm thinking o- about you and your son is uh, how old your son right yeah, now Yeah he's
1: um going to be turning 1 this year Yes this this month I mean yeah
2: Yes so uh now this story that I shared with you how wonderful it is that you are aware of this now when your son is only 1 year old like my sons are 27 right. 27 and 25 so um you from start from the start you can be that father who listens
1: yeah even though it's just gugu gaga
2: that's <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, right now but going <laughs> But forward- still
1: but still you know there's communication that's happening there And, and, you know, it's in the word communication. Yeah. You know, I, I always thought about communication as in how do I express myself? What's, how do I speak to make an impact? And a lot of the focus in communication was on speaking. And one of the things that I've discovered through, through the book and through my own understanding of listening is, one of the most under we we complete well, I've completely underestimated the power of listening
2: mm-hmm.
1: as a way to influence, as a way to create, as a way to understand, and yeah, make have real intimacy with, with in, in the conversations I have. So, one of the things that I'm yeah just really paying a lot more attention to is. Now asking myself, what is the listening I'm bringing to this conversation, to this situation, Mm -hmm. rather than what is, what do I need to say? How can I say it? How can I language that? How can I, you know, that that would be typically the place I'd go to. And this has been just much more like, hmm, what's in the way of my listening Mm -hmm. for this conversation to be a little clunky?
2: Yeah.
1: So it's it's allowed me to look in a direction I wasn't even looking before. I wasn't even aware of.
2: So I found the part that... Oh, great. Yes. Um, So in the book, um, Stephen Potier, his neighbor, says, Steve looks through your eyes to your soul. He's totally present in the moment. And Devin Bandison says, I've never seen Steve in a rush. In my experience, it seems the only time that matters to that man is here and now. Mm. So I mean, all this thing, reading this and realizing that who am who would I need to be? The most effective parent and who's not listening properly to her children, her husband. So it's...
1: You know something, yes, I'm just seeing something in, in, in what you just shared, which is so beautiful, and how, like, my wife lives in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, she's just never rushed. And so many times I get irritated and frustrated by that because I have a tendency to be much more um, sort of fast and bam, like, you know, I, I confuse it with, you know, being efficient or productive. And every time I'm with her, she just slows me down. And over time, we're really living in the same pace and we really live in a slow, slow pace. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I get triggered by that still today. And you sharing that with me is just a reminder of what it really means to live in the here and now, and just how there's no, you know, like you can be really focused on something and you can be really busy and rushed on something. And one of them just has that, right, that feeling of tension, that rushed, that busyness, and that's just not necessary.
2: I think it's so much about how impatient Human beings are like uh, your mm. wife, that yeah. I like. Uh, she's a she's lucky, and you are lucky to have her in your life to slow you down. Totally. Uh, yes, because um, that's that's my problem, too. That was my problem being so impatient. That's why you miss uh, when mm. your children or like people you t- take for granted who are around you, you dismiss them because you are so impatient to go for the next thing or for your work or whatever it is, whatever calls you, you think calling you and you dismiss them, you let them down. So it's so unfair and it's, it's not acceptable because they are the most important people in my life.
1: Well, you know, I think it's also just very human. Um, I think, like you say, that to me, it's it's a gift to be able to just slow down in that way. It's something I'm learning every day, and and something that I'm, you know, being reflected at every day. And uh, I feel there are also times when I, I think it's acceptable. Like I don't, I don't see it as acceptable and not acceptable. I think there's, I think it's just effective to slow down, and it's ineffective to like try to do things in a rush. And it's, I'm, I'm never at my best. That's what I know. Like when I, when I just in the moment, just here and now, wow, That's just an ease to things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I, I see it as, as just something effective.
2: Yeah, I, I I really like the way you are slowing me down right now.
1: Yeah, say more about that.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you really have a magical touch. I You make me feel comfortable and easy to be vulnerable and easy to open up. So uh, it's it's beautiful. I'm feeling like it's just you and I. It's not a podcast. It's just oh, you. I'm so
1: I'm so happy you say that. You know, and it's like all of a sudden there's there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to say in order to be impressive. There's mm-hmm. nothing like oh, what is what is a story or what is a distinction I can bring now that will sound good. It's just. Two people having a connected conversation Mm -hmm. and that being enough.
2: Mm, It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And
2: I want to go to, from here, go to uh, my document and I want to share with you something that I came up with uh, about this listening part of it, about my husband. Uh, And in my document, I have a part where i says where i say i love him unconditionally and listen to him with all my being mm. so that came from that chapter listening chapter
1: and what does it mean to you i listen to him with all my being
2: when he speaks to me i mm. let everything go I turn around to face him, look into his eyes and just be there and listen to him, to whatever he has to say.
1: I love that. The image that's coming to me was a room in London full of people
2: mm-hmm.
1: queuing up, like everyone wanting to have the attention of Steve Hardison, I remember. and. Um, He was just speaking to one person and he was so with that person as if there was no one else in the room. And he allowed himself to finish that conversation in whatever amount of time it would take for really being complete or speaking to the next person. Not any sense of urgency whatsoever. That's what I'm hearing in in what you're saying, just like just being with that person. Like what a gift to be able to do that, right?
2: Absolutely. I I think that's the best gift anyone can give to another. Their full one hundred percent attention. And making them yeah. see and feel that.
1: It's like I am, that time is eternal. Yeah. That's who I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I am eternal time.
2: Oh, I yeah. love that. So do you want me to tell you about the creation?
1: Yes, I want that. Yeah. So <laughs> so you shared about listening, and, the, mm-hmm. and then the next one was creation. So yeah, that's an exciting chapter.
2: Yes, in that chapter, you know, Gina Carlson's story, um, very powerful story. Actually, I really loved the podcast episode where uh, Meredith, had Gina as her guest. And I use one statement from that chapter with my clients all the time, which is speak it into the world and watch it happen. I've seen time and time again, many of them understand and implement it into their lives. One of them created a boyfriend, one of them a house, one got a promotion with the title she wanted to have because she was saying that title just like Gina did the title that she wanted to have and right she got right yes. so and one the one uh, who created a boyfriend then she broke up with her him and she was oh okay now i'll create another And better boyfriend. (laughs) She was like, because I I got this. I created one. Now I'm going to create another better one. And she did. So Mm -hmm. when we realize our power to create, that we are co-creators of our lives and everything in it, and we can create over and over again, uh, fear disappears from our lives. And attachments get
1: smaller and smaller
2: something you, can
1: you can you just repeat that what you said <laughs> word for word this the speak into the world so could you just get could you, could you repeat that again
2: speak it into the world mm-hmm. and watch it happen
1: yeah there's something there that I'm seeing like really fresh here mm-hmm. when you speak it into the world and watch it happen, that's a way of being that's not a way that's not not something to do mm-hmm Like speak it into the world and watch it happen. It doesn't mean I know it's going to happen. It means who I'm being is certainty that it's going to happen. Yeah. Not because I know the outcome, but because who I'm being is certainty. Yeah. And I think certainty, and this is this is again like one of the I remember reading this in the book. Like Steve Hardison has pathological certainty. That stuck with me so hard, and I feel like. When you can approach creation with certainty, it brings a whole different level of possibility. What are you speaking into the world?
2: Oh, wow. You know, what I'm speaking to the world is not something big or just unattainable or something that is difficult to create because I'm a simple person, Uh, small things make me happy. What I speak into the world is just having as many people as I can help to come my way uh, so that I can help them see that life has so much to it than most people think it is. Like, life life is so beautiful, and I see so many people going past like missing the beauty of it and dealing with so many small things and as Steve says, everything is small at the end mm-hmm. of the day, and they are they are unaware of their power of creating like we all are creators. Something we need, we create. Something is taken away from us, we create a newer, better one. My son, again, my son, (laughs) my son uh, lost his job during COVID. And he was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And I was like, yay, that's awesome. An opportunity to create a better job for you. And he was like, are you crazy mom? And that was exactly what happened. He was like so fortunate to get a better job and it all worked out perfectly. And because we can, we have the capacity, cap- capability to create and so many people living without knowing the, that power they already have within them.
1: That's a beautiful example. Thank you for sharing. Um, and just really being present with that. And it's a beautiful reminder for all of us. uh, Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share around creation before we move to talking more about the document?
2: No, I think the more people I can help with raising their awareness around their power of creation, the happier I will get. And that's what I'm telling out loud to the universe For it to bring me more people who are willing to see that power and use that power.
1: As beautiful as that seems, there's also something that feels a little off with that comment, Mm -hmm. which may I share that?
2: Sure, please. Yeah,
1: it's kind of the idea that the more that this happens, the happier I'll be. And what if, as a way of creating, this is the happiest, the happiest I can be. Now, here and now, and from being the happiest I can be, where can I overflow in that happiness and serve more people?
2: Mm. I love it. I like that perspective better. Yes, you're right.
1: Oh, it just feels so beautiful to overflow Mm. in your absolute delight and joy and happiness.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. What else would you like to share?
2: Well, The chapter of the document, when I first read the book, and that chapter, obviously, I wrote my I am statement. Mm -hmm. But I realized later on that it was so superficial, kind of soulless. It felt like I wrote it because it was what I needed to do, but it wasn't right. something authentic or anything.
1: I so really get one, that. I think, I think many people can relate to that. So I love mm-hmm. that you're sharing this.
2: Huh. And I wanted to work on it further. Mm-hmm. At the time, uh, I did not understand what John Ware meant by saying in the book, in that chapter, he says, I didn't know how to access the thoughts beyond the surface that really run me because I was putting a positive thought on top of a negative one without moving the initial one. So as Steve states wonderfully in the book, it's like putting a crown on a tooth without getting rid of the underlying decay. And, Isn't and, that frosting on dog shit? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Same thing. <laughs> tomato tomato
1: (laughs) okay got it
2: but um i was so fortunate to come across someone from our uh, community kathleen puta she's an amazing human being and uh, she really gets the process of creating the document and she helped me go through my self forgiveness process and i went through it with every every unhelpful thought mm. i have yeah. and it's a long process but the healing and uh, counteracting statements come to you so effortlessly like you channel yourself like you ch- you use your um unhelpful thoughts mm-hmm. and re- repeat them uh, in a way that when you stop and sit in silence the uh, positive and counteracting statement which becomes a statement, one statement of your uh, document comes to you so easily it's unbelievable it's coming from my higher self.
1: Right, right. So give us an example of some disempowering thoughts that you shifted.
2: For example, let me give you an example from my document Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: tell you what I came up for. Right. Um, For example, I am self-love and I cherish myself, forgive myself, and recreate myself every day with joy and gratitude. For example, this one was to counteract the idea of sometimes I judge myself for not taking better care of me. And I... So but what
1: what is like the command? You know, what's the voice in your head that you... Mm-hmm. That you would hear if you, if I would go in your head, what would be the voice I would hear?
2: Yeah, my, the voice in my head says, you're not worthy. You're not taking good care of yourself. You're, you are doing things not the best way you can or like minimizing or belittling or telling myself that you, you're not good enough. Oh, you you made a mess. You what you did was not good enough. Nowhere near good enough. All kinds of judging and belittling
1: voices mm-hmm. in my right. head. Right. So you got present with those. Yes. Like really got present.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And the, the, she she has like she shared with me a process that I went through and for each and every negative thought. And um, it was so empowering. And um, like the one, uh, I'm the one whom everyone desires to engage with. That was uh, to counteract for who would want to have you in in their event or who would want to
1: have you see see, your 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 voice is 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 very gentle my voice would be like who the (laughs) fuck do you think you are going in this place (laughs) 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 or it would be more like you arrogant bastard or you're you're stupid Mm. or you're yeah and that that's that and and so yeah like Getting present with that, you know, like who would want to talk to you? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing, right? Who would want to talk to you? Yeah. And then, so for people listening to this, it's like, okay, so who would want to talk to you? So you're getting present to the pain of that, getting present to how that creates a really disempowering context and looking at, the, you know, the kind of doing that gets created from that way of being.
2: Yes. Exactly.
1: When, you, when when who you are is that, is that thought, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then opening up to your higher self and saying, well, who do I need to be?
2: Yes. And, and saying, you know, yeah. you're going through the self-forgiveness process. Like, right. Because you get these negative thoughts. These un- Actually, Kathleen didn't like the word negative. She was un- uh unhelpful or something like
1: unuseful that. thinking
2: Unuseful, yes something yeah like that.
1: yeah yeah that's just unuseful and, and useful
2: forgive yeah. yourself for having those thoughts about yourself or about other people like if if let's say you mm-hmm. you find yourself judging other people oh look at that person how uh, how i don't know ugly or like any kind of judgment then you forgive yourself for feeling or thinking that and then you counteract with a so compassionate um, statement for others like anyone anyone coming my way is the most wonderful soul and most beautiful soul that deserves love and compassion see so it's a beautiful process very very helpful very nurturing and very filled with self-love and self-compassion self-forgiveness
1: Ipek, would you be willing to share a little bit more on some of the what you Connected with your higher self and and your document, and share a little bit more about your document with us?
2: Sure. Actually, I went ahead and uh, created a video of it and uh, actually shared it in the Ultimate Coach group, Facebook group, um, because I wanted it to be a motivation maybe for others to take their documents. more seriously, because that's the part of creation, creating ourselves, recreating right. ourselves every day. And what I do is I also um, record documents for many people in our uh, community. Uh, they come to me with their uh, documents, and I uh, record uh, them in a meditation like mm, uh, kind beautiful. of setting, yeah, and and I change them, turn them into you are this, you are that, mm-hmm. instead of I am.
1: Right, coming from your voice,
2: exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so
1: here's here's what I'd like to do right now, just as we are completing this beautiful episode together, I'd like to invite you just to complete by sharing your document. And before you do that, I would like to, well, first of all, are you, are you you cool to do that? Is that, is that okay?
2: Well, yeah, sure. I would love that.
1: And, um, and before you do that, I would just like to ask you, how can people connect with you if they've heard something and they want to, listen to some of your meditations and learn more about what about you and what you're up to, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
2: Thank you. They can get in touch with me through our uh, Ultimate Coach group, Facebook group. And also, of of course, I have my website, ipecwilliamsoncoaching.com. And I'm very uh, active on social media uh, through any social media uh, platform, they can send me direct messages. But also, I am a meditation teacher with the Insight Timer platform. If uh, any of the people listening to this uh, podcast are uh, meditators, uh, please come and enjoy my meditations on uh, Insight Timer. I also do live meditation sessions twice a week, and they are all free of charge. So I would love to have as many people uh, as possible with me.
1: That's a beautiful invitation. Thank you Mm -hmm. for extending that. Epec. I invite you to share your document with us. Once you've completed, I'm going to end this conversation. So I thank you now and we will end in silence. And I invite everyone to just be with your document for a moment, the way I'm going to do.
2: Thank you. I am divine vision connected to the spirit of all creation. I am the fearless, graceful and authentic expression of myself. I am abundance itself and I abundantly and effortlessly receive whatever I need, whenever I need it. I am the most loving caring, supportive, and deeply connected wife to my extraordinary husband, Craig. I love him unconditionally and listen to him with all my being. I am the kindest, most understanding, and loving mother to my amazing children, Com, Ali, and Connor. I am the embodiment of the infinite source, the universe, divine intelligence, and boundless energy. I am remarkable, light-filled, and attractive. I am physically and mentally pure, healthy, fit, and filled with positive energy. Because I always prioritize the well being of my body, mind, and spirit. I am the clear stream that runs incessantly with love, awareness, and acceptance. I am infinite patience. I am equanimous and peaceful like a monk in Himalayas. I am the one who doesn't practice judgment and who only practices love. I am self-love and I cherish myself, forgive myself and recreate myself every day with joy and gratitude. I am the one whom everyone desires to engage with. I am bold, playful And determined. I am the one who embraces challenges and grows with, from, and through them. I am the expression of pure love and compassion. I am the magnificent transformation coach who inspires and encourages others to recognize and embrace their own greatness. I am a creative force, and I see possibilities, seize opportunities, and notice resources that generate abundance for myself, my loved ones, and my clients. I am a powerful magnet for wealth in every possible meaning that I joyfully receive and generously share. I am aligned with everything good, loving, and prosperous. I am fully aware of my gifts that I appreciate, nurture, and develop constantly to bless the world. I am the one who continuously attracts serendipities, happy coincidences amazing people, and opportunities in a way that everything unfolds harmoniously. I am in love with myself every single day in every single way. I am my word and my commitment. I am exceptional discernment. I am the best decision-maker, and all my decisions unfold in miraculous ways benefiting myself, my loved ones, and everyone involved. I am blessed, supported, and surrounded by angels, guides, allies, friends, and the generous community where everyone guides and protects one another. I am forgiveness for myself and for everyone else as no one deserves my judgment and everyone deserves my love and compassion. I am a powerful communicator and I express my thoughts vividly, logically and succinctly while being guided by the power of the universe. I am worthy of and receiving constantly infinite love. Truth is, I am that. Light is, I am that. Love is, I am that. And my parents named me Emel Ipek.
0: Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit TheUltimateCoachBook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.TheUltimateCoachBook.com That's www.TheUltimateCoachBook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.